0: This is Marriage to the Max, episode number 68. to another episode of Marriage to the Max. I'm your host, Brett Hurst.
1: And I'm your co-host, Kelly Hurst.
0: You are my co-host today, instead of the other way around. We're both marriage educators, and we're co-founders of Home Encouragement. And this podcast, Marriage to the Max, is designed to help you take your marriage to the next level. That is our goal, at least. Woo! So how are you feeling today, Cal?
1: I am feeling great. I'm glad we're inside because it is very blustery outside.
0: On this day of recording, it is so windy.
1: I know. I'm afraid our listeners will let us know. I can hear wind coming through your windows, but I don't know. Maybe our mics aren't quite that sensitive.
0: So today's episode is called Loving Your In-Laws Well. Mm. It's a very provocative title there.
1: Because we want to love our in-laws well, don't we? Of course. I would I would assume most people would want to do that well.
0: Certainly. <laughs> Obviously, we want to do that.
1: I was definitely hoping to catch some attention with this title.
0: Yeah. And, you know, some people have frustrations with their in-laws, but not everyone does. Right. Uh, we hope our listeners have a, a relationship that's a, a blessing when it comes to their in-laws. I certainly did when I... When you and I first started dating, I mean, your in laws were kind of part of the package. I, I just really loved hanging out with your mom and dad. And they you married lo- me
1: for my parents?
0: Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> they were just a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun laughing together. And um, anyway, we, we hung out with them so much in the early weeks and months. They were like, you guys are boring. You're like old people. Get out <laughs> of here. Go, go do something.
1: Not much has changed <laughs> on that front.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyway, uh, sometimes we hear that term in-law and we think, you know, we're talking about uh, a bad or a trying relationship with a mother-in-law or a father-in-law. But you, mm-hmm. you can have a son-in-law, you can have a daughter-in-law. Those can be frustrating relationships as well. Right. You didn't have a mother-in-law.
1: I didn't have a biological mother-in-law because sadly your mom had passed away right before you and I met, just a couple of months before we met and i would have absolutely adored her i know she was an amazing woman and raised 6 have, incredible people and
0: she had 6 kids and she would have adored you for sure she yeah. would have really i mean
1: yeah she would have yeah. adored me
0: <laughs> I'm just telling you. She I was would've. thinking more
1: still about her, but about about how amazing she was, and I would have really uh, loved her. But um, your your dad did remarry, and we had another woman in our family who was very much a blessing to all of us. Mm-hmm. But she wasn't your mother, right? So I didn't have that traditional. You know, connection to my husband's mother, as a lot of people do. And so I missed out on that part, but I did have a great father in law and lots of fun sibling in laws. Wait, siblings in law? (laughs) I think it's, I think you say it's weird, like the word cul de sac, if you use the plural, it's cul de sac.
0: Okay, you're already lost. Cul de sacs. (laughs) Sorry. Back to my dad, he definitely loved you like you were one of his daughters. He had three daughters of his own, but he always uh, treated you and, and his other daughters in law uh, as if they were his own. So. Yeah,
1: we, we, we really did luck out in the in law department, I think.
0: We did. But, you know, it's uh, for those situations where tensions come up because they do, just like they do between husbands and wives, you know, it's usually helpful to have some humor. -hmm. Around potentially uh, frustrating or even dividing situations. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And so the question comes up what what does the tension with in laws usually center around?
1: Well, most people, the couples that we talk to who complain about their in laws, oftentimes it'll be things like parental interference. Mm -hmm.
0: What do you mean by that? You mean like families?
1: like families kind of being too involved or weighing in with their opinion too often. Too
0: enmeshed?
1: Yeah, maybe kind of horning in. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so it can center around things like how we spend our money, how we raise our kids, how we decorate our house. Mm -hmm. But really, the topics are kind of endless because it really just can be anything that people just don't get along around.
0: Back on that in mesh thing, I mean, you could grow up in a very close knit, even in family. It's not necessarily the worst thing. There's a lot of positives to it uh, mm-hmm. in one sense, but when you marry someone, you know, the the biblical uh, response to that is, you know, Scripture tells us to leave and cleave. And right. So uh, I know we're going to talk about that more later.
1: Yeah, we'll definitely mention that in a little bit.
0: Okay. So here's some of the things to keep in mind for all parties when you're talking about tensions between or with in-laws. You know, when you criticize your in-laws, mm-hmm. what are you doing? You're criticizing someone else indirectly. Right. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And it, and it goes both ways. And though, so we, we're we kind of doing this podcast. We, we've set it up so that we're talking about what's helpful, whether you're a parent in law or a child in law, well, I guess that's a word, and then we'll kind of gear it toward, you know, whether or not you're a mother in law, father in law, or son or daughter in law. But it, this one goes both ways about being critical. Because if you think about it, if you criticize your mother or father in law, then your spouse kind of gets caught in that crossfire. Because um, they're related. Yeah, they are related. And even if you're even if your spouse doesn't, you know, even if your spouse agrees with you, constant criticism can start to weigh on a person. I mean, that's just kind of a general thing yeah, anyway, but definitely anything. if you do, and if you criticize your daughter or your son-in-law then your adult child gets caught in the crossfire because they're going to start to feel, you know, kind of criticized as well. Yeah, absolutely. And so we just try to always tell couples, especially we tell our engaged couples when our teaching when we're teaching our premarital class, that your in-laws raised the person that you fell in love with. Mm-hmm. So they clearly did something right. Right. Because they helped bring up this person that you think is great.
0: Something that you're glad about because you fell in love with this person.
1: Yeah. So we just really try to tell people, like, you can deal with in-laws, even if you really do things very, very differently from them. And sometimes they just, you can't figure out what they're thinking. You can still stay away from that critical spirit because that just never really helps anyone or any situation. Criticizing. The criticizing. Yeah, the criticism.
0: Even though that's kind of become the national pastime.
1: I know, but it, it's generally not helpful, I don't think.
0: Well, we can change that one family at a time. Yeah. And in general, keep complaints or, or issues that come up, keep those issues blood to blood in your communication.
1: Yeah, we try to tell couples that, you know, when you, you have a history with the people that raised you, mm-hmm. you've got a history, you know how to communicate with them, you know how to approach them usually and that kind of thing. So if you have something that is... Bothering you, or you feel like you just need to bring it up. It's usually better if the adult child talks to his or her own parents rather than the in law trying to, you know what I'm saying, sure. cross over. Right? Because um, you just you have a history together, and you might as well, you know, kind of go to bat for the team, so, so to speak.
0: Yeah. No, I I agree. And kind of along those same lines, you want to respect the the family system. You know, yeah. for a married couple, they need to respect the existing. Family system that their spouse came from, right, right, and for because par- that was
1: in, as an existing system long before you came along. That's right, right,
0: that's right, long before this new family started, and mm-hmm. for parents-in-law. They, in turn, they need to respect the new family system exactly that has been created you know by this couple getting married, so you want to respect it both ways,
1: yeah, and that really touches on what you were talking about early about the biblical model, mm-hmm. which scripture is very clear about says to leave and cleave it says, for this reason, a man shall leave his mother and father, mm-hmm. cleave to his wife that is very clear, and it's not only talked about in the Old Testament but it's referenced again in the new testament and and,
0: and I think people act like they've never heard the leaving part which mm-hmm. is really easy to understand which is to you know not just leave physically and go live in another house hopefully but also to leave emotionally mm-hmm. but this cleaving word is confusing to people I, mm-hmm. I don't think most people really know what the word means and it's 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 not a further extension of leaving mm-hmm. it's, bonding. it's it's bonding right. with your new spouse exactly yeah you know, it's like being glued together yeah. so you're leaving the family of origin, mm-hmm. respectfully, mm-hmm. still honoring your parents, of course, for of the rest course. of your life, but then you're going to cleave, be glued, knit together with your new spouse.
1: Exactly. And that's so key. And we see a lot of, well, not a lot, but sometimes we'll see a young couple who hasn't figured this part out yet. Mm-hmm. And they're still very emotionally tied and kind of wrapped up in, say, their parents' approval or their parents' opinion about how they should. And and it's kind of just part of growing up is just really kind of walking away from that. And again, never in a dishonoring way. right? Always in a respectful and loving way, That the Bible's very clear about that, honoring your father and mother, um, but that I think goes both ways. Yeah. From parents to adult kids.
0: No, I, I agree. I concur. <laughs> so uh, so let's say she's come up differences of opinion, tensions, whatever. One thing you need to do is to learn how to negotiate, right? Compromise. Um, have a little compassion. Have a little bit of understanding. A little bit of sensitivity. Mm-hmm. For example, let's say you and your spouse are arguing about something related to your in-laws or their in-laws or whatever, mm-hmm. rather than to put things in the, the inflammatory red zone of conversation, keeping thing in, keeping things more non-emotional in what, what some call the blue zone. Right. You might say something like, do you have an idea of how to handle this? What would you propose?
1: Right. And this can get tricky or not, not tricky, but it can get extra tense around things like holidays, mm-hmm. or how to spend vacation. You know, there are a lot of families who like to vacation as an extended family. And, you know, if if y'all have always gone to Colorado every spring to go skiing, and now someone marries someone, and that person's not so big on cold weather and mm-hmm. not really doesn't want to go skiing, then that kind of messes up the tradition, you know. Right. And so it it's, it's important to really just work on our negotiating and compromising skills rather than just getting mad and you know so and so never wants to be with us or Mm -hmm. do our thing and we just have to remember that different people like different things and you know not everyone's going to agree
0: we never had that colorado issue with your folks because they never left houston so (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay so uh, also as we said earlier you want to honor each other uh, by keeping in touch regularly and we're talking about your relationship with your parents and your in-laws if they're is that exactly. Yeah, what we're
1: saying? Yeah, because we'll, we'll talk with parents whose adult kids have gotten married and started their own families, and we'll sometimes hear, you know, we never hear from our son. Our daughter never calls us anymore. And sometimes we have to remind older, you know, empty nester parents that what it was like when they were young and had a young family it's busy Mm -hmm. and when you've got young little ones who are pulling on you every second of every day and and your attention is all tied up in that young busy household right you know it it, it, we just forget sometimes as we get older and so we try to tell like the mother and father in law you make the effort call or facetime or whatever you're want to do to stay in touch regularly and don't get your nose at a joint if your you know son or daughter is just so busy they can't call
0: if you haven't heard from them your hand's not broken, exactly. Unless, of course, your hand is broken, then yeah, you know, doesn't apply. Yeah,
1: I've tried to use that with our daughter. I'll say, "I haven't heard from you in a few days," and she'll go, um, "Do you have one of those phones that only receives calls? Because <laughs> I haven't heard from you either." So, I
0: mean, she was getting sassy with Just you, a little saucy. Yeah. Uh, so you also want to respect each other, you know, even in those situations where maybe your in-laws or. Or your own parents aren't living respectable lives. It happens. But yeah. you still want to be respectful. You still want to honor, honor them.
1: Yeah. And I think that is possible. And I've seen it happen. You know, just because your dad's an alcoholic or your mom is a meddler or whatever, you yeah. know, you can still have respect for the, these people in your family, even if you don't agree with how they live their life necessarily.
0: Right. And then in these conversations, both with your spouse, let's say in the issue of marriage, uh, you want, or when you're talking to your in-laws, whoever you're dealing with, you want to make requests rather than demands, right? And you want to be prayerful, right? You know, you don't want to be throwing your weight around and saying, throwing out edicts and ultimatums, and then this is what we're doing. I mean, that doesn't mean you can't draw clear boundaries. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to do that mm-hmm. in a when a parent or an in-law is not respecting certain mm-hmm. boundaries, but, but
1: even the hardest boundaries can be done in a soft way. Mm-hmm. They can be done in a respectful and loving way. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we kind of get our dander up, especially if we've, you know, let too many things slide, and all of a sudden, oh, they just, you know, every time I'm around them, they just make me so upset. And yeah. da da da. da. We, we just need to come back to that, you know, respectful idea.
0: Yeah. And of course, if you avoid issues altogether. I think we've uh learned firsthand that they will not go away. They won't. They won't go away.
1: <laughs> what so, happens to them, Brett? <laughs> so.
0: You have to learn how to address these things head on. It's yeah. like that old mechanics commercial they used to run in the 70s. I think, you know, you can pay me, pay me now, now or you can pay, pay me later. later. Yeah. I know. Might no, well that's
1: ha- so true because we we all do that to a certain extent. You know, we think, oh, I'm not going to bring that up or, you know, whatever. And then we just assume that if we avoid it, it's going to get better. And it rarely does. Yeah.
0: True, true, true. Yeah. And then you also just want to try to get to know each other if, if it's... Possible to do that. You know, I'm thinking about that scripture in the New Testament that says, you know, be at peace with, with all others as much as it depends upon you. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't force somebody to be in harmony or in relationship with you, but as much as as you can do that, give it a shot.
1: Yeah, and I think this harkens back to the Covey principle, I think it's principle number two, I'm not sure, where he says, you know, seek first to understand and then to be understood, which of course is a biblical idea. Um, Yeah, sometimes we just, we don't know our in-laws as well as we might think, you know, we size them up and we may not know them as well. And and when you get to know someone, you can understand them better, and then maybe they'll understand you more too.
0: Good point. So for married couples, so we're talking two... A married couple right now with an in law. Yeah, here's some things we would pass on. You know, one is to learn how to speak up Mm -hmm. in uh, situations where where something needs to be said. But it's very important to work that out with your spouse first. So be on the same page, be united. With your spouse, yeah, before you start blurting out things in a more reactive,
1: right? Because you're married now, so you are a team, that's and right. it is much better if you can kind of come together and agree on a decision or agree on a way to handle something and then move forward.
0: Well, and as we determined quite early in our marriage, your parents are my parents, and my parents were your parents. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's the way to approach it. Yeah. Uh,
1: I'm thinking about in particular a couple we were talking with not long ago, and they they had they had talked about a particular issue, and what it was is the wife, if I recall correctly, the wife had a problem because her in laws were smokers, and mm-hmm. she was not a smoker, and her then their husband was not a smoker, okay. but and they had young kids, and the kids like to go to grandma and grandpa's house, and so she had a problem with them smoking in front of the kids. It's you know logical, sure. and it's their kids; they can raise them how they want. So she would kind of grow and gripe to the husband, you know, can you please talk to your parents? Can you please tell them we don't want them smoking when the kids are over there? Da da da, da. And he finally did, except when he did it, because it really didn't bother him either way. Uh-huh. So when he did it, he went to his parents, which was the blood to blood, you know, we kind of talk about going to your own parents. But what he did was is he threw his wife under the bus. <laughs> and he goes... Yeah, she just really doesn't want y'all smoking in front of the kids. It doesn't really bother me, but oh she just really has a problem with it. And could y'all just, you know, help make my life easier by not doing that? And I, when they told me that, I was just like, wow, it would have been better to not have said anything yeah. than to have said that and then thrown your wife under the bus. Because now his parents think his wife is just this anal retentive complaining, <laughs> you know, little witch right. who, you know. And so if you're going to go talk to your parents about something, Say, use words like we, you know, think of it as a team because your parents need to know that both of you have agreed to this and both of you think this is a value or whatever you're having to yeah. put into place. No, that's a good point. Yeah.
0: For some reason, I can't get the song Smoking in the Boys' Room out of my head, Ugh. which was nominated for my class song when I was in high school. Are you kidding? Yeah, that was one of the nominations. Gosh. <laughs> <Scott>. uh, <laughs> anyway.
1: What one?
0: Um, Dan Fogelberg oh, yeah. uh, along the road, which anyway, I'm going to move on. Anyway, So
1: to, so to use language like, well, my wife feels this way, or my husband doesn't like it when you, that's just, that's just going <laughs> to cause problems no matter how you slice it. Yep. And so on that in that kind of same vein we talk about it's your responsibility remember we're talking to the married couple right it's your responsibility to communicate on an issue but make sure that you're united as a couple and then move forward and communicate about it
0: yeah can't say that enough yeah and then in situations where you can't agree with your parents uh you may have to say hey that's it's our decision you know like how to raise kids where your kids are gonna go to school what Sports they're going to play, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, this is a new family, and you have, you can honor your parents, but you're the parents in that case exactly. of, of those new kids. And so right. you, you have to draw those boundaries sometimes. And, you know, so what about those situations where, where parents don't honor those agreed upon boundaries set right. forth by, by their kids or, in, or um, you know, son in law, daughter in law?
1: Yeah that can be a challenge and and sometimes you may just have to reiterate you know the agreed upon boundary sometimes you may need to set a little bit of a stronger boundary mm-hmm. and if it's still not respected, you may have to put a consequence in place, you know, like, for example, if the Go
0: stand in a corner or something? No, I just
1: mean, like, for example, with the couple who didn't want their parents smoking in front of their kids, Uh you know, if the parents just continued to do that, at some point, respectfully, they may have had to say, well, then, you know, they can't come to y'all's house and visit, y'all have to come to our house or something like that, which, I mean, you hope it doesn't go to that. I think most people are goodwilled enough that if you ask people nicely, you know, and respectfully, it's not that big of a deal, but it does go back to that idea of we are our own family system too. And as a married couple and a set of parents, you know, this is a value for us and it's not too much to ask to put that in place.
0: Yeah. I'm still thinking about smoking in the boys' room. Wow. (laughs) Also thinking about when I was in high school, there was (laughs) just this part out in a field where they would let the smoker... Smoking kids go out and smoke. They would just kinda the smoking all, kids. <laughs> they would all just kinda huddle in this giant herd and at it, our
1: school they really did smoke in the bathroom. So well, well, you they, you, you prayed to not have to go to the bathroom in our high school the whole day. If you could if you could just hold it.
0: Okay. So um a couple's allegiance to each other. You know, yeah. is also very important. We want to stress that. It's, it's like, you know, what you say in your wedding vows, forsaking all others. Mm-hmm. You know, it's back to what we always talk about, about prioritizing this relationship. This is the relationship that matters more than any other human relationship that yeah. you have. And it
1: goes back to the leave and cleave
0: idea. Yep, exactly. But on the other hand, you know, being willing to hear your parents' opinions. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they have tremendous insight. They are more experienced. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, they might have a good idea. They might,
0: if they're (laughs) rational people, you know. But at the end, you're going to make your decisions together as a married couple. And then avoid, this is a a big one, avoid sharing marital conflict with your parents. Yeah,
1: because it leaves them with a bad taste in your mouth of your spouse, even though I mean, any married couple who's been married longer than an hour knows that couples fight. It's not that big of a deal. But when you go and you complain and you gripe about how unfair your mate is and how he doesn't understand you and she doesn't listen to you and da-da-da-da, well, you go back home and you and your spouse make up, but your parents are still hanging on those... You know, yeah. terrible things you said about I still
0: hate them. They're...
1: I remember the first year we were married, I know it was in the first year, and you and I had this awful knockdown drag out, which of course I cannot remember what it was about. I was
0: going to say, what um, in the world could we possibly... You were
1: just it? mean and horrible and terrible, I'm oh. sure. And so I... It was all mean. I left the apartment, <laughs> our little tiny matchbox apartment, uh-huh. got in my Nissan Sentra and just do you know tore over to my mom's house and she she let me in and I was like oh I'm so mad at Brett he's so awful I can't believe you let me marry him he's terrible and I must have griped for a solid hour <laughs> and she sat and she listened mm, mm-hmm. and then finally after about an hour she goes okay you need to go on home now you don't live here anymore you got to go back and work it out with Brett
0: get back in your car
1: yeah and that was that was a very practical moment of me having to learn Oh, leave and cleave. That's right, you know. And and, and then I, it got to where I didn't I didn't want to complain to my mom right. about stuff that you and I were fighting about because I didn't want her to have a bad taste in her mouth about you. Right. You know, go go How vent, could she? vent to a girlfriend or you know a neighbor or something, but not your
0: parents. Have I told you I have an awesome mother-in-law? <laughs> She's and you know, pretty awesome. I do remember that story. Do you know I stood by the window and waited for you to come back?
1: You did not. I know. You're such a liar.
0: <laughs> no, I really did. You, now you don't know what to believe.
1: We're marriage educators, but you're a liar.
0: <laughs> I really wanted you to come back. I know you I did. I was really sorry. I'm sure we made for up whatever very I sweetly. <laughs> yes. Okay, so shifting now to the parents. If your parents and your in-laws... Mm-hmm. You're There's dealing, some
1: tips for you, too.
0: Yeah, for your son-in-law and their spouse, or your daughter-in-law and her spouse.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you want to learn to be self-aware. You want to look for feedback... Uh, from them. You know, want to be listening if. if uh...
1: Yeah, because sometimes as parents, we are trying to do things purely out of help.
0: Just trying to help.
1: And if you start to notice that maybe your daughter in law is not very grateful when you do things for her, or your son in law kind of bristles when you come over or s- says certain things, you know, be self aware enough to know that maybe what you're calling help they feel like is intrusive. So like, I think about our son, you know, Caleb living in LA right now, and he's got this little tiny apartment and he's got it fixed up like he likes. And, I just feel compelled to like, when I see a fun lamp, I just want to send it to him or a cute rug. I just want to send it to him. And it's not that he's not appreciative, but there are times when I feel like he's kind of wanting to go, okay, it's my space mom. And you don't have to just send me everything, you know, cause he has, he's differentiated enough to want to do that himself, right. you know? So it Married would be couples are the same way. Exactly. So it'd be more helpful for me to call Caleb up and be like, Hey, I've found this cute lamp. Do you like it? You know, and if he does, hey, it's yours, you know. But um, to assume what I think is helpful and not recognize that he or she may not find it helpful, that's what we're talking
0: about here. Right. Like I wouldn't be caught dead with that lamp. I'm sure. Whatever it is. <laughs> that, that's not what, I, anyway. Uh, also learning to ask as a parent, you know, hey, would this be a helpful idea to you? Right. And if they say, eh, yeah, then honor that. And yeah, don't try and exactly. Pose your way because I mean again, start
1: to look for cues and when their eyes light up, hey, that's a good sign. If they're acting like this feels burdensome or this feels intrusive, then back off a little bit.
0: Definitely. And we acknowledge that it can be very hard to let go as parents. I know. But that's what you're doing from day 1, even from the day they're born. It's I know. that slow gradual Process of letting go. Not that you ever stop being their parents.
1: It's a bittersweet thing, though, because you do want your kids to be happy adults. But there is something about when they finally actually get married and start a family. You, you, you really know that the end of an era is over. You know, it, you know, it's not just the like. I think about us and our two kids and they're not married right now um and there's going to be a time where it's not just the four of us going on vacation or it's not just the four of us laying in our living room on christmas eve you know and th- there's going to be other people join our family and things will have to change i i feel especially sometimes sad for parent or particularly moms of sons who get married because we'll hear a lot that I don't know if this is common everywhere, but a lot of times married couples tend to do holidays and trips and things with the wife's family, Um, particularly if the wife is very close to, you know, her parents and, and that can say, and so I've, I've, I've talked to mother-in-laws who are like, I feel like I really kind of lost my son, you know, when they got married. And so, you know, it's, it's just part of moving on, Mm -hmm. but, um, and you can be close in other ways if, if you know the if your couple spends a lot of time with the wife's family but
0: that's true and it works the other way too so yeah then uh, parents need to remember to honor their sons and daughters-in-law or daughters and Mm sons-in-law with equality in other words treat them respectfully as if they are adults because unless they're getting married at the age of 14 Mm -hmm. (laughs) they Mm -hmm. are adults
1: they are yeah they're not 15 anymore at your house right
0: exactly and then remember your objective when you raised them, it was for them to be uh, independent. Mm-hmm. We always like to clarify that with a covering of ultimately, as Christians being dependent upon God, but mm-hmm. underneath that covering, you know, they're adults. They're, they're going to yeah. make their own decisions and they need to make their own decisions so exactly. that they can. Exactly. Uh, and that's what you want for them. Exactly. You want them to be able to function in life. And then make sure you're differentiated and have your own life. Right. Otherwise, this can cause problems in your own marriage. Oh, for sure.
1: I mean, we know couples who have poured their whole lives into their kids and then their kids go off or get married and they don't, they haven't developed hobbies or interests or even their own marriage, right. you know, and so...
0: All they have left is to be busybodies in somebody else's relationship. Right, yeah. right,
1: And so we say, you know, make sure that you, if you, if you are an in-law and you are still married, make sure that you're going on trips with your own spouse and having your own life and your own interests. Go get those motorcycles and, you no. Know. <laughs> that's what a lot of Did I hear <laughs> you say, Let's go get do here all
0: right you heard it it was right there
1: no I didn't tell us to do that Let's I'm telling go our get listeners in motorcycles in mm-hmm. a
0: plane anyway bottom line is it's important to remember that God put you and your in-laws in the same family for some reason and we believe that reason is to be a blessing and to right. glorify him so so pray to the Lord that he'll give you a spirit of love that he'll give you a spirit of compassion uh, for your in-laws whether mm-hmm. they are Older than you or younger than you. Exactly. Uh, There's a lot of good that can come out of it. Well, if you'd like to contact us, you can find us at marriagetothemax.org. You can also check out our website at homeencouragement.org. Also, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And if you have a topic or if you have a question that you'd like to ask us or discuss, have us discuss on the podcast, send us an email to the hearse at homeencouragement.org. That's H-U-R-S-T-S. And we'll do our best to give it a go. And we hope you'll share the love by rating this podcast on iTunes. That always helps us with our visibility. So thanks for listening today. And until next time, remember, healthy marriage, healthy world. God bless you all.